Good morning, everyone. This is Andre from Mental Health, and I'm here at the inaugural Institute for Mental Health Forum in Birmingham uh, with Matthew Brew, Director of the Institute for Mental Health. Good morning, Matthew. How are you doing? Uh, morning, Andre. Thank you for coming and supporting our event today. Yeah, pleasure. Really looking forward to it. I think it's, it's one of those kind of youth mental health events that brings together, you know, really great senior speakers from um, academia and from services and from charities and research but also is kind of driven by young people. Tell us why you had the event today in the first place and how you put it together. Um, so I suppose I was appointed to the university in August 2017. So we wanted to do something after our first year of existence. And we're, I guess we're at the stage at the moment of developing our research strategy, creating our teaching programme and recruiting. So we thought, you know, 12, 14 months on was a good time to have a, have a launch event to celebrate what we'd done and I guess to hope for our plans for the future, plan, our plan for the future. Um, a key part of what we want to do is to try and co-produce everything in terms of our recruitment, teaching, research. So we've developed a young person's advisory group and recently appointed a young person's facilitator, Naya, who's here today. So the programme has been developed with them. And as you'll see throughout the course today, they're part of, part of the event today. Um, and I guess we wanted to use the event to showcase some of our key our key themes really which are about being interdisciplinary and being youth focused and I guess the emphasis on co-production so I guess those are the three kind of messages I would like to get across today I'm very fortunate as you say to have some very um, generous keynote speakers who've given up their time to talk to us today and you're going to have about 70 or 80 people in the room we believe so I think we we booked the venue for up to 80 or so yes that's right and we've got a a book launch this evening for Lisa Bortolotti who's got a a, again I guess another important thing that symbolises the interdisciplinary nature of our work so uh, edited volume on, on delusions she's launching this evening yeah fantastic I've been to loads of youth mental health events over the last two or three years and the ones that always work best for me are the ones that put young people you know front and center not just in the organization but actually in the event itself so tell us how that's going to work so uh i guess they're kind of scattered throughout the day so we have uh, an opening event which which they're which which they're leading there's also a kind of social media event in parallel to your your work they're going to take over the imh account and and tweet about about the day and they'll be leading some of the um uh, introductions to the, the keynotes and being very p- much part of the workshops later on in the day, representing on the panel at the end of the day as well. Fantastic. You've really started to suck in the great and the good of mental health research into this institute in Birmingham. Sarah Carr started working here recently. Yes. Yeah. Stephen Moaha. Is that the kind of strategy to cherry pick the great people from around the country? Um, yes. <laughs> I suppose great people, but with that. Um, uh, I guess caveat, you want them to have that interdisciplinary interest, to be able to work a- across boundaries. And obviously I've worked with Stephen for, for many years. We were together at Warwick and I, get, I met Sarah through the um, um, Policy Research Unit launch which, with Sonia. And, and we, I was just really impressed by seeing, hearing on the panel and um, then we spoke afterwards. So it's kind of great this has all worked out. Mm, fantastic. Really exciting. So tell us about the speakers here today. We've got Owen Kalaki from uh, Youth Mental Health Oregon. Uh, sort of speaking first, yeah. tell us about him. So Owen's a professor at Melbourne, and I guess you're very keen for Owen to come, um, I guess for two reasons, both for his own kind of research to talk about uh, recovery and vocational work with young people, but also uh, the partnership with Melbourne is very important for the Institute for Mental Health, so it's been very helpful to us in terms of our developing our research strategy. They get, we have a joint PhD studentship programme with Melbourne, which is um, Paris, who met in, in the lobbies, is our first uh, appointee who's starting this academic year. And we're developing a, a joint master's with them. So Melbourne's very important in terms of what the IMH is going to deliver. We also have this historical relationship over the years. So as you probably know, from my early days with the intervention services in London, we worked very closely with Pat McGorry and with Paddy Parry in setting up those services. And I myself work a lot with Alison Young in the prodromal kind of area of work. And um, 
prior to me starting, Stephen Wood was a professor here at Birmingham and has now subsequently returned to Melbourne. So I think Stephen, with colleagues at the university, did a lot of the uh, groundwork and impetus to get the Institute for Mental Health going. So there's a very uh, strong and close bond between uh, the University of Birmingham and the University of Melbourne, and which is why we're delighted, I guess, to have Owen here as our opening keynote. And do you know what he's going to be talking about today? I've asked him generally to talk about um, probably quite a lot, actually, so a tough brief. So I've asked him to talk about um, the state of youth mental health, so international view, something about where they're going in Melbourne, and then a bit about his own particular research. So those are the three main topics he's, he's going to hopefully cover for us today. Yeah, I guess youth mental health isn't out of the news at the moment, is it? What's no. your kind of perspective on where we're at in terms of mental health services and research for young people? I guess there's a few different themes. I guess there's, there's the general worry you detect that there's a lot of increasing awareness and there's something behind that. So I think that's something I'm, I'm aware of in my role that we have to make sure uh, our research covers both the psychoeducation, awareness, destigmatizing angle, but also the improvement and development of services and interventions. So I think there's keeping those two together and in parallel is, is, is a... a I'm not going to say challenge, just something to bear in mind all, all the time. Um, I think there's the kind of scientific questions that interest me is why youth mental health problems seem to be increasing and mechanisms for that and the opportunities for prevention. Um, so I'm particularly got more interested in bullying of late. So that's something we're trying to work on a bit more locally with our colleagues in public health in Birmingham and the schools. So um, and I guess that takes us to one of our other speakers, which is, is Paul Burstow, who, who, who's, um, who's presenting the Mental Health Policy Commission findings today, which talks a lot about... Uh, what he calls the treatment gap. So uh, there's both a financial and, I guess, a skill-based gap in what we need to treat to support all young people in the UK. So he argues for we need a, a, a change towards prevention and reviews the evidence-based interventions that may help prevention for mental health problems in young, young people. Yeah, I've seen so many talks on bullying in the last couple of years, mm. Louise Arsenault and Jean-Claude Pignot, and I think it seems like a real low-hanging fruit thing. You know, if we can get rid of bullying, we get rid of so many potential problems later in life. Yes, I think I may have even seen it on one of your blogs. People, a lot of colleagues are saying this is the one thing we should be doing that we're not. Mm. And um, my own interest came through an interest in the onset of psychosis, which is my primary area of research. Working with a colleague in Naples who's very interested in um, the experiences he saw of adolescents with psychotic symptoms and how they um, related to their aversive experiences in childhood. So Janara and I have worked a lot on that on that together and continue to do so. But yes, the next phase is that we hope to actually roll out some interventions with um, schools in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Okay, so we, we mentioned Paul there. We've also got um, Sophie Dix, Director of Research at MQ, speaking after lunch. So is she going to be talking generally about mental health research and what they're doing there at MQ? Yeah, so I think, um, again, we thought Sophie would be a very important person to have. MQ is the, the, the only pure mental health charity. And reading MQ's website kind of reassures me that hopefully we're doing the right kind of things. A lot of the things that are important to them around interdisciplinarity, the youth focus, also big data are things that are important to us in Birmingham. So I thought Sophie would be very good for us to tell us, yes, exactly what MQ's about, what their research strategy is. I think I've also asked to sort of showcase some of the research they funded recently and what kind of projects they have underway, which would be good for colleagues to hear about. I know they're, they're working with, you mentioned um, bullying, but um, Helen Fisher in, in London, my colleague uh, Valeria Mandeli, about prevention of depression in young people. So again, important topics for us at the IMH. Yeah, there's three or four big youth mental health projects yeah. that you're doing. I'm going to be tweeting furiously during that presentation. Excellent, thank you. So, and then the workshops that are happening just before lunch, uh, at midday, we've got three workshops, yep. and they look like they're quite kind of interactive sessions. Tell us a bit about those. So um, we have... Um, 
some research themes for the Institute for Mental Health. So I kind of asked my colleagues if they would be willing to lead a workshop on uh, some of those themes. We couldn't cover all of it. In, 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 we thought maybe about three would be about right, given that we might have you know, 60 to 80 attendees and split into decent-sized small groups. Um, and I guess the other thing we wanted to show the interdisciplinarity of the work. So we have... Um, Maria, who, who you've met, who's a psychologist, and Anna, who's an anthropologist in primary care, leading a workshop around suicide and self-harming young people. Sarah Carr, who's from, uh, I guess, Survivor Studies and Social Policy, leading um, a workshop in Assets, Resilience and Recovery with um, Jerry Chu, who's a, a social worker. And then Karen, again, who's a, a psychologist who now works in social science and health service management, uh, workshop on co-production that's being led very much with Naya and the young people themselves. And also... Um, uh, Dr. Sophie Stammers, who works with Project Perfect, is coming in to talk about um, some of the issues around epistemic injustice. And he, you had the blog recently with Sophie and Lisa. Some of those themes will also appear in that kind of co-production uh, uh, workshop. Yeah. How we give young people a voice or help them find a language or help them be heard. Yeah. yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? How philosophy can help with mental health. I think there's such a exciting potential there, but also a real kind of... Um, need to deliver that kind of accessibly yeah. um, and that's a really a real challenge because some of those concepts are quite difficult to get your head around I think it's doable I mean Sophie and Lisa I'm sure would be happy to tell you more about it during the day but their practical work with Mind in Camden um, I guess attests to the value of what they're doing with people who with these experiences yeah and um, you know Lisa and I have worked together since ooh, about 2000 <laughs> so I'm aware they've got they're not just you know ivory tower fosters they've got very deep and real knowledge of uh, mental health problems you know yeah absolutely and then finally, we've got a, a couple of Q&A sessions. So Sarah yep. Carr is chairing a, a care and lived experience session. And then we've also got a panel Q&A about what's happening here locally. In the West yeah. So I guess the last panel was, um, um, yeah, to try and really gather together stakeholders, constituents in youth mental health in the area and um, have given them a bit of time to talk about where they think they've been, where they think they're going. So um, we're very delighted to have, you know, quite a rich panel there. So we have uh, Max Birchwood, who's Professor of Youth Mental Health at Warwick, but also really pushed on the development of EI in Birmingham. Um, we have Peter Lewis, representing the West Midlands Academic Health Science Network. Um, John Williams, who's um, been a great ally to us. John, as you know, from used to work with Wellcome. So he's very much uh, a good advisor on, on uh, research funding and policy but also is the managing director for what's called Birmingham Health Partners, which is the partnership between the university and, and Birmingham Women's and Children's and University Hospital. So it's to keep the kind of acute trust, as it were, in the picture. Mm-hmm. And then we have representation from um, Birmingham Women's and Children's itself with, with Marie, who's the director of, adult, of mental health services there for the trust. And um, I think Dr. Grant sadly went not ready to come, but she's sending one of her colleagues over to represent Birmingham Solly Hall. So we have a, a few different trusts that are involved in mental health care in, in the area. And the person who's important to mention is um, Amanda Skeet, who's coming on behalf of St Basil's. So again, St Basil's is a charity in Birmingham that works with young people who are, might be homeless or at risk of being homeless, who may have substance misuse problems, and which some of the young people today may have had support from in the past. St Basil's, again, have been a great ally and support to us over the years. So Amanda's going to maybe tell us a bit about the voluntary sector in the city and how they're supporting young people. Great. Oh, it looks like a really exciting event, and as you say, it's going to end off uh, this evening with the launch of Lisa Bottom's yes. delusions. But yeah, which is great, and we've got um, Richard Bentel coming to, to come to that event, which is great, and Rachel, who's one of our colleagues in the IMH, also has got a chapter there, and I believe we have um, one of the uh, philosophers from Birmingham, Matt Parrott, who I knew from Oxford. Actually, Matt's giving a kind of response to that. 
Nice. Uh, so that might get, uh, for those interested in Bayesian accounts of delusions, I'm sure that'll come into the mix at that point. Great. Well, if anybody's got any questions or any comments, the hashtag is imhforum18. Thanks a lot for joining me. Thank Good you, Andrew. Cheers. Thank you very much. Thank you.